What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. A jury has ordered Syngenta to pay nearly $218 million to a group of Kansas farmers who claim the company carelessly marketed its genetically modified corn seed, causing the contamination of U.S. crops and the rejection of export sales to China. The Kansas City trial is the first test case on behalf of some 350,000 corn growers who are claiming as much as $13 billion in losses. Syngenta says it did nothing wrong and it will appeal the verdict. Our our guests are Eric Gordon, professor at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, and Anthony Sabino, founding partner of Sabino and Sabino. Eric, what were the main issues in the trial? Yeah, it's kind of a weird uh, case, carelessly marketed. Um, here's what happened. Uh, Syngenta develops and sells genetically modified corn seeds. These seeds have been a huge success in the U.S., despite the GMO opponents. It came up with a new seed, got it approved in the U.S., and started selling it in the U.S., had approval from a lot of countries, in fact, countries that accounted for the majority of U.S. corn sales in the prior year. But Syngenta had not received approval from China, and that's the crux of the litigation. So, Anthony, what, what exactly did the jury find here in, uh, in ruling against Syngenta? Well, on the one hand, they found for liability on the part of Syngenta. And again, picking up along Eric's line of thought, essentially that the jury agreed with the plaintiff farmers that Syngenta was careless or possibly otherwise misrepresented the status of the Chinese approvals of the corn. But what I found more remarkable was that the plaintiff farmers asked for $217 million in damages, and the jury gave them every penny they wanted. Uh, they did not award punitives, but then again, punitives are rarely granted in these cases. But what, again, I found remarkable was that the jury clearly believed that the farmers had made out a case for every dollar they claimed they were owed, and they gave them all those dollars. And certainly that says a lot, too, how persuasive was the economic evidence presented by the farmers, and that's something that Syngenta is going to have to go back to the drawing board for these uh, new cases that are coming up in a few weeks and a few months, especially the class action. So, Eric, as uh, Anthony was just uh, re relating, Syngenta faces its next class action in a Minnesota court in August where farmers are seeking more than $600 million. Are the facts any different there or basically the same? You know, the pattern of facts, the the pa there are two patterns of facts. Uh, the pattern of facts in Syngenta and in a lot of cases is peculiar in this way. Uh, the problem is that seeds weren't approved. For, you couldn't sell corn from these seeds in China. The farmers who sued and, and got the $217 million that Anthony mentions were not farmers who planted those new seeds. They were farmers that didn't plant the new seeds. So what are they doing in court? Well, it turns out that a couple of years after the launch of the new seeds, Chinese officials uh, supposedly detected traces of the not-approved corn in other corn shipped from the U.S., and China started rejecting millions of tons of U.S. corn shipments. The farmers say, even though we actually had nothing to do with those seeds, 
we were hurt because when China stopped importing U.S. corn, the price of corn dropped, and that price drop hurt all of us, not just farmers who use Syngenta's seeds. Now, there are also cases from the other side, the farmers that did use the seed. But, but this, this case is interesting, not just because they got, the farmers got every dime they asked for. Um, of course, it's you know, corn farmers in Kansas. Um, but it's also interesting in that the lawsuit is from farmers who actually didn't buy the seed. Anthony, this is, can't be good news for Syngenta, obviously, to have lost in, in this way and have the jury, as you pointed out, give every dollar that uh, the plaintiffs had asked for in its award. How is this going to play out for Syngenta? They've got all this litigation coming up in, in both of the areas that Eric was talking about. How do they approach these cases going forward now? Well, clearly they have to readjust their trial strategy because they were not able to persuade the jury on the liability issue that there were other factors. Uh, if I recall correctly, Syngenta's defense, uh, at least in part, was that there were other reasons why there was this economic uh, uh, decline in the corn prices because initially there was a drought that artificially spiked prices. When the drought went away, uh, that, that uh, spike disappeared. Also, Syngenta alleged that the Chinese government was using this rejection of the corn as a political tool to control their trade balance, and it had nothing to do with the actual efficacy of the seeds. They'll clearly have to adjust their economic evidence to uh, disprove or at least diminish the amount of damages being asked for. But I think the real practical ramification is the following. Uh, Syngenta now is going to have to very seriously consider and probably initiate immediately settlement talks with these other cases because it's going to be very difficult for them to go to trial, having lost once, and certainly it doesn't mean you're going to lose again. Uh, no outcome is predetermined, but they're going to be uh, very much encouraged, if not uh, compelled, to seek litigation, to cut off these other litigations at the pass and reach a settlement before a jury awards them, uh, awards the farmers uh, the same or more in, in uh, compensatory, not to mention the risk, of course, of punitives. Eric, explain how these bellwether trials work, the complex web of litigation in these cases, and whether you agree with Anthony. Yeah, so these bellwether cases are supposed to be picked to be representative of the other cases that are on hold. And the idea is that they're supposed to be representative in the sense that both sides get a reading on what's likely to happen in the other cases and get realistic about settling. And as Anthony says, you know, it's, it looks like realism means Syngenta will try harder. But it's not all bad news for Syngenta. About three quarters of the complaint from the farmers had to do with claims that uh, Syngenta made all kinds of misrepresentations, failed to give farmers warnings, very dangerous claims, and, and those claims failed. The, the judge basically threw those claims out. So when Syngenta makes the adjustments, it, it has some good news, um, but of course it has $217 million worth of bad news. I want to thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Professor Eric Gordon of the University of Michigan Ross School of Business and Anthony Sabino, founding partner of Sabino and Sabino. Thank you both. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.